Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Jaylin and I away again today. She'll return tomorrow at 2. I'm here on my own this afternoon for a shorter edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News, as is often the case at the Edmonton Oilers in action uh, today, I don't see against who on the schedule over there, but we're in action today. Uh, the City Ford Faceoff show starts at 4. Puck, I would assume, then drops at 5.30. Uh, don't often like to start the show with a programming note, but I will because it's important to many of you. The 6.30 Chad Guns and Roses Las Vegas contest, because we are off the air at 4, and uh, those sports guys just have so many moving, uh, so many balls in the air when they're doing their pregame show. Uh, they won't be able to do the, uh, the name today at 420. So I'm going to do it at 320. And before everybody freaks about that, it should only affect the one person whose name we've drawn for today. And if you don't know about the contest, of course, it is uh, your opportunity to win your way uh, down to the Guns N' Roses concert in Las Vegas. Uh, you'll have return airfare for two people, two nights accommodation uh, at a Las Vegas hotel, land, airport, transport, and of course, two tickets to the Guns N' Roses concert at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. It's the show that's been a quarter of a century in the making. So I'm going to give out a name at 3.20 today, and then that individual, uh, the name's in front of me already, that individual will have six minutes and 30 seconds to call 496 and identify themselves to qualify. We'll continue to uh, add names to the list of potential qualifiers at 630ched.com until the 24th. We'll draw the one successful name on the 29th. So let me tell you a little bit about the show this afternoon. We've got a good one for you. March is uh, scam uh, prevention. Uh, March is fraud, sorry. Prevention month. We're going to have a friend of the show on the show, Julie Matthews, former global television troubleshooter and consumer protection expert and she's going to run over some of the top 10 uh, most popular scams making the way around not just the internet but uh, our lives in general that's coming up in the show we're also going to talk about dysfunctional sibling relationships and uh, man I could have dedicated the whole show to that just personally uh, but if you want to uh, weigh in on that conversation before we actually uh, get to Judy Arnall a parenting expert and author, you can go on our Facebook page, 630ched.com, where we've posted uh, already uh, that we're uh, chatting today about sibling rivalry and uh, why siblings can hate each other so much as to critically sabotage each other's lives or careers. So go on 630ched.com's Facebook page. You can contribute to that conversation. And uh, coming up as well, in about a half hour, I'm going to sit down with uh, Karen Muir, Manager of Communications and Fund Development for the Edmonton Humane Society. And she'll be joined by Henry Rogier, my good friend and CEO of Coventry Homes. The Paws and Claws Fundraising Gala, the big gala for the Humane Society, is coming up again in a couple of weeks. And they'll be in to tell you about what the Humane Society does for us here in Edmonton and uh, how you can help and uh, all about the Paws and Claws Gala, which I think is going into its eighth year and has raised something in the neighborhood of $700,000 already. So not a bad, uh, not a bad little uh, evening for the Humane Society. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit. I've been waiting to do this since last week. I want to talk to you about the Zika virus. Uh, it's been in the news a lot lately, and yet Canadians, including myself, keep heading to destinations 
thought to be linked to the virus like the Caribbean and Mexico. So just how dangerous is the Zika virus and how concerned should we be if our travel plans are taking us down south this year for I don't know, March break, perhaps. I'm joined now by uh, Dr. Vivian Brown. She's the Vice President of Medical Affairs uh, for the Medici's Group of Health and Travel Clinics and board member, Immunize Canada. Good afternoon, doctor. How are you? Hi, Andrew. Nice to be with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show because you know what? Uh, when this news first came to my attention, it, it came to my attention as a traveler and not a you know, not a radio announcer because I was headed down to Mexico with my family and my daughter brought it to my attention. So... Is this something new, this virus, or is this just something we're talking about a lot lately? Yeah. Well, the virus has been known for uh, quite some time. Uh, I think it was uh, originally uh, discovered in Uganda uh, a number of years ago, but it's only very recently that we've linked the virus to microcephaly, which is that small head and small brain development in, uh, in babies. And it's that linkage which we've talked about for the, probably the last couple of months uh, that has really been brought to the fore lately. Okay, and it, and how is, uh, just so we get the basics down before we explore how scared we should be over March break, how is it transmitted? Is it airborne? Yeah, so the Zika virus is transmitted by mosquitoes. If you don't get bitten by a mosquito, you won't get the Zika virus. And if you do get bitten by a mosquito, only one out of five adults will get symptoms of a Zika infection. The, uh, the symptoms tend to be relatively mild, sort of like a flu-like illness, a slight rash, a low-grade fever, and usually gets better. What we do know or what we're concerned about is that if you are bitten while you're pregnant, and that's where all the alarm has come. So the virus itself does not seem to cause serious disease in adults. This isn't serious the way, for example, malaria is serious with a mosquito bite. Um, but there is a concern if you're pregnant. And um, that's really the concern that the World Health Organization is talking about. Okay, and perhaps this is why uh, the conversation comes up and then seems to go away again, then comes back again, and then goes away again, because you start to think about it in terms of who could actually contract this and what would be the outcome of that uh, infection. So you start to look right. at it and go, all right, so wait a second. I, I, first of all, I have to be in, in an area where there's mosquitoes carrying the virus. Then I have to be bitten by a mosquito. Uh, then I have to be one in five that's affected. And unless I'm a pregnant woman, I likely, I mean, that's the one stat we didn't break down. If you're a pregnant woman and get bitten by a mosquito carrying the virus, is there a percentage there? Well, that's what we're just learning about. Not everybody is affected in a serious way. And what we don't know at this point is we don't know at what point of the pregnancy you're most at risk. Now, we do know, for example, brain development happens in the first trimester, um, but we have not got clear guidelines from the World Health Organization, for example, if you're safe in your third trimester and you get bitten. So, you know, part of the story is evolving. And I think as travelers, we need to be, um, we need to be cautious, uh, but we don't need to be alarmist. And what I mean by that is there's lots of things that we can prevent, that we should prevent when we go traveling, things like hepatitis A and B, for which there's immunization, diarrhea in travelers, where you can take Ducarol, which decreases your risk of significant diarrhea. You know, we want to pay attention when we travel. Lots of families are going away for March break. Almost three out of 10 Albertans are going to be traveling in March. 
and I think we need to we need to uh, be careful about the things that we know we can prevent. However, if you are early in pregnancy, would I, as a family doctor, be comfortable saying yes? It's safe to go to South America. No, I would not. But we don't have clear guidelines on that. It's up to an individual to discuss that with their physician. I guess that's the part that sort of leaves me a little perplexed when. I hear someone like yourself say, well, we, we should take precaution, but how do you take precaution other than not traveling against a mosquito? Yeah, well, for one thing, we use insect repellent, and when you're going to major resorts, they're using a lot of insect repellent, and there's no stagnant water, which is where mosquitoes breed. We recommend that you wear long-sleeved, uh, long-sleeved shirts and long pants if you're out at dusk and dawn. You know, there's mosquito nets that you can put around your bed so that you don't get bitten during the night. And those are the kinds of things I would do if I was traveling with my family. Uh, what I would also do is protect against, you know, the, the use the vaccines that we have that we can protect against serious disease like hepatitis A and B and like uh, uh, diarrhea in travelers. What I would caution people about is if you are early in pregnancy, maybe you want to meet with your healthcare professional and discuss your plans uh, because we don't have all the answers and I don't think it's necessarily um, a comfortable thing to be worrying about a mosquito bite early in pregnancy and then if you do get bitten, worrying about it for the, for the rest of your pregnancy. Oh, fair enough. Now, I have to ask because for those who are not intending to travel south or for those who I have no intention or unable to become pregnant. Uh, what about our blood supply in Canada? That that would be the one thing that would bring it home to Canadians who don't fall in those other two categories. What's being done right. to protect that? Well, Andrew, that's a really good question, and Canada has erred on the side of being extremely cautious. What Canada's blood supply uh, experts have decided is that no one can donate blood till they're back more than 21 days from any of these areas. So that if by chance they've been bitten and don't know it, if by chance they're carrying that virus, uh, they're not contaminating the blood supply. Uh, which also gives you an idea that about 21 days after, uh, it should be out of your blood supply. It is, uh, I'm sure, just a coincidence, but uh, a number of us here at the station have uh, gone down south at different times to different locations, and almost all of the people here are suffering or have gone through flu-like symptoms, but that's unlikely to be this, isn't it? I guess I'm asking you more as a, a doctor than I am as a, somebody, a, you know, a, well, an expert on this virus. I would have to say that 20% of Canadians get a flu-like illness over the winter. Hmm. This is a very common disease. This is why we're very aggressive about flu shots. Influenza is extremely common, and I would not be concerned unless you have something unusual like a rash. Typical influenza does not give you a rash. Ah, okay. Well, you know, while we're talking to you just as a, a doctor, if I may, sure. what are some of the precautions travelers should take in general? You mentioned the Hep A, B, but, I mean, are there other just rules of thumb that you as a doctor see patients and think, why did you eat there, or what were you right. thinking? You know, what, what kind of precautions should just a general traveler anywhere take? I would be very cautious about food and water, and, um, you know, the oral vaccine, Ducarol, decreases your risk of diarrhea in travelers, and I think that's well worth taking. You start two weeks before you go. It's an oral uh, mixture that you just drink. 
Um, realistically, we know within about three days at a tropical resort, people have made a mistake with food and water, and uh, people end up getting a diarrhea-like illness, and that can really ruin a holiday. I think also we need to take the medication that we usually take in the bottles that we usually have them in, and be careful about time changes when you take routine medication. People need to be cautious about things they would normally be cautious about in Canada. Uh, and I'll give you the best example. The number one killer for travelers, for Canadian travelers, is not any disease. It's motor vehicle accidents. Really? People jump on a, a scooter or a motorcycle, may not be wearing a helmet, may not have uh, the expertise to drive something like this. And this is where we actually see deaths abroad. So I think you have to be reasonable about your general health. And when it comes to food and water, I would drink bottled water, and I would be careful about any food, for example, that can't a fruit that can't be peeled. Uh, so an orange, for example, is easy. You take off the peel, and it should be fine. But if you're biting into something like berries, they may have absorbed dirty water. And so I would be careful about what you're choosing to eat, what you're choosing to give your children, if you're in an area that is less than pristine. You know, that's a great, several great points that you just made. And as you spoke, I was thinking about my last family vacation. You know, aside even from food, um, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables and, and what water you use to make your coffee in the hotel room, I'm thinking how many times during the course of a normal afternoon or evening uh, does anyone go hang gliding or parasailing or, you know, drive in an area with a car that isn't up to snuff or, or drink every night or... We exactly. really, it's vacation, right? So we sort of forget that we still need to be vigilant about how we conduct ourselves. Yeah, and I think people often make mistakes with routine medication that they're on. Um, people often drink excessively and then uh, are sick with that and maybe dehydrated. So I think we have to be reasonable. I mean, I go on vacation too, and, um, you know, you want to relax and you want to enjoy what you're doing, but I think you also want to think through where you are, how you're going to get home from whatever place you're at. Um, are you getting into a safe vehicle with seat belts, or are you piling into a vehicle that's not safe going on country roads where there's poorly lit and taking a chance with the health, with your health or the health of your children? Yeah, well said, uh, Doctor. This is Dr. Vivian Brown, Vice President of Medical Affairs for the... Uh, how do you pronounce that? Is it... Um, it's Medicis. It's a preventative health care company, all Canadian-owned, and we've been around for about 20 years, focusing on prevention as our major issue. Excellent stuff. If anyone wants to learn more about uh, the Zika virus or anything else you do, is there a website they can go to? You know, one of the best websites is Immunize Canada, and Immunize Canada is... Um, um, sponsored or, or partly supported by Public Health Canada. It's just immunize.ca. Um, but we also can, you can just look at what Public Health Canada has said about the Zika virus. You know, in Canada, we do a lot of good work around uh, viral illnesses throughout the world. We were working on an Ebola virus vaccine. And so I think in Canada, uh, particularly the labs out of Winnipeg are doing some really excellent work so there's a lot on the Public Health Canada website on Zika. Sounds good. Dr. Brown, thank you for taking the time to talk with us this afternoon. Much appreciated. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you, Andrew. All right. Take care. Bye. Well, in theory, it's Jalen and I and Andrew Gross. Jalen will return tomorrow at 2 for a full show. First one we've had together in uh, almost a week. 
just between me having a grandchild and uh, her doing whatever the heck she's doing. I know she's got two different trips that were military-related. I don't really know. I'm sure she'll tell us when she comes back. Coming up in the next half hour, we're going to talk to Henry Rogier from uh, Coventry Homes and Karen Muir, uh, Manager Communications and Fund Development for the Edmonton Humane Society. But right now, uh, I've got a couple of seconds that I'd like to make somebody happy. Uh, give me a call, 496-0063, 496-0063, uh, to win a pair of tickets to George Thorogood and the Destroyers at the Northern Alberta Jubilee Auditorium. They're appearing on the uh, 20th. 6th of April, you will have to add, answer, sorry, a skill testing question. Um, but, you know, really, what else is Wikipedia for? All right, let's go to the phone line and see if we can't give these tickets away. Hi, who's this? Hello? Oh, what a shame. Got to listen to the phone and not the radio, folks. Hi, who's this? Hey, it's Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you? Eh, not too bad at all. Let me just get the skill testing question up in front of me here. Uh, you're, are you a fan of George Thorogood? Oh, yeah. All right, excellent. I am as well, but I didn't know the answer to this until I looked it up. So let me find it again. All right. In the early 1970s, you with me? You bet. All right. In the early 1970s, Thorogood supplemented his income by working as a roadie for who? Oh, it's a tough one. Black Sabbath. No, but that's not a bad guess. Hi, who's this? It's Rob. Hey, Rob, do you know who uh, George Thorogood uh, served as a roadie for in the 70s? Oh, uh, uh, Hound Dog Taylor. That is an incredible guess. Uh, how did you know that? Uh, I'm, a Thor I'm a George Thorogood fan. have been <laughs> since my parents were listening to him in the 70s and 80s. No kidding. Eh? Well, good for you. All right, uh, Rob, you've won yourself uh, your way into that concert April 26th. It's a pair of tickets for Thorogood, the Delaware Destroyers uh, at the Northern Alberta Jubilee Auditorium. I'm going to put you on hold, Rob. We're going to get a little information from you. And uh, those tickets are already, I believe, in-house. But we'll find that out in just a second, okay? Okay, perfect. All right, thanks. There you go, G. Price. Yeah, thanks. What's that? You're good to 29. Till 29. Okay, G's just telling me I've got a minute left. <laughs> Radio, folks. All right, uh, still to come on the program. Always look forward to talking to Julie Matthews. Uh, Julie Matthews with Service Alberta now, but she's a former global troubleshooter, consumer protection expert, and it's in that capacity that she'll be joining us uh, just to talk about some of the top scams going around. And I have to tell you that when I went through the list of the top 10 scams, um, I've been touched or uh, uh, in some way approached on at least eight of them, and I'm sure you have as well. And we talked about one last week, and it's a really interesting one. Well, I'll let Julie talk about it, but it's a package that arrives in the mail. It looks so legit. You won't believe it when you hear that it's not. And uh, again, want to remind you that over on our Facebook page, on the 630 Chat Facebook page, we're talking about dysfunctional sibling relationships. Uh, you can uh, weigh in on the conversation there, but coming up, uh, after three, I'm going to be talking to uh, Judy Arnall. She's a parenting expert uh, and author. A really great conversation ahead. All that and much, much more. But right now, let's take a break for the news. All right, welcome back to the program. The Paws and Claws Gala, always a magical, entertaining evening filled with music, laughs, and a few uh, barks led by Coventry Home CEO Henry Roger. The company initially pledged a goal of raising $500,000, which they've now surpassed in the past seven years. As I mentioned earlier in the show, 
Um, I think we're up around $700,000 right now raised. Uh, the next edition, the eighth one, coming up on March, hmm, let's say 12th. I'm not sure. I may stand to be corrected on that. Uh, joining me in studio now is uh, Karen Muir, Manager, Communications and Fund Development for the Edmonton Humane Society, and Henry Roger, uh, CEO of Coventry Homes. I have information in front of me to ask both of you guys, uh, but I don't need to. Because I know all about this thing, but let's. <laughs> Thanks for having us in. Yeah, no, well, you know what? There's, there's two or three. I'm even going to go so far as to say maybe half a dozen um, fundraiser gala type nights events uh, during the course of the year. I mean, there's literally thousands of them, but there's like five or six that just I love. And this just happens to be one of them. I've, I think I performed at the very first one or second one. Oh, you were performing all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you had everybody <laughs> laughing. Hey, I'm here to help you, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Before we talk about the gala itself, though, uh, Karen, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about the Humane Society. Because the only time we ever talk to you, it seems, you're in distress. Where you, you've got too many cats, you haven't got enough yeah. room, you need help. So maybe start there. What... What does the Humane Society do for Edmonton and where are you right now? Well, what we do is the classic. We take in thousands of animals every year. Usually they're sick and injured and we help them, nurse them back to health and rehome them and get it, get them out to loving homes. That's our major mandate. And so, yes, we're busy. I mean, it's constant, it's constant ebb and flow of in and out and in and out. And, and we really do rely on galas like this and supporters like Henry because those are the dollars that we need to pay the staff and run the shelter and buy the food and the beds and all the rest of it for the animals, right? So we're, mm -hmm. we're really busy, and it's just packed to the rafters most of the time. It is right now packed to the rafters? Packed to the rafters. How long have you been with Humane Society? Not too long, actually. Just under a year, but it feels like I've been there forever. I just yeah. love it. No, seriously, because you go in and come Well, that's like, usually a bad thing when you no, see it. No, this is a like good it's, thing. If I said I've been with my wife 23 years, but it feels like forever. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good thing. But, that's you know, not, when, uh, when I first that. got there, yeah. it was just the most exciting thing to me, someone in communications and marketing, because it, it just kind of pulls together everything that I do and everything that I love, and especially the animals. And the one of the greatest perks that we have there is that we can bring our own animals to work with us or or you can just go to the other side, go to the shelter part, and just grab an animal that's your favorite and have an office dog or an office cat for the day, right? So, I mean, do, do you mind people who just come by? Uh, my kids go by all the time, and I shouldn't say all the time, they go by about every three months or so. <laughs> Just to interact with the animals. They do, yes. Yeah. That's what people do. And then I mean, they always say with no intention of adopting, but then I get the pictures being you texted to me. You got it. With and the cat missing yeah, one ear or something. That's a dangerous scenario, I would say. It, it is. we love it because I, I even joke with a lot of my friends that I should have asked for danger pay when I took the job because I want to take them all home too. And that's a wonderful thing. We really encourage people to come and hang out and, you know, play with the animals and everything. And then, of course, we do have a whole army of volunteers that basically help us and do that every day where they'll walk the dogs or they'll cuddle with the cats and they'll help feed or change the bedding yep. and all that stuff and it's, it, a, it's a pretty way. it's a pretty unique facility isn't it, it? Is. i mean i i know that i've seen others in fact i've seen the one that this uh, facility replaced and i yes. assume that other cities have similar type mm -hmm. facilities um it, it they're overcrowded they 
Well, the, you know where you know. we were. Remember where we were. Oh, I do. Right? Really small building on yep. 66th Street. And then we basically put the call out. We said, you know, we need some help here and we need more room, right? And that's, of course, where Coventry and Henry came in. He was part of the wonderful builders that came in to help us build the facility that we're in right now. And it's state of the art and it's amazing. Okay, so you know what? Here's what, uh, and we'll we'll talk to you, Henry, I, I, I assure you. You're going to talk to me? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Okay. And because I want to find out why you got involved, how you got involved, and where you see yourself going. <laughs> with this but I have to talk to you because I, I I think every facility every undertaking every charity has somebody or or has a group of people that tries to help and not everybody helps to the degree that Coventry Homes has helped exactly. you, you must yes. have a lot of fundraisers where here's your 500 bucks and I'm sure it helps uh, but what I mean how much do you um, how I mean, grateful are you for people like Henry and Coventry Homes? Very, 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 very grateful. No, we, we are very much Thank so you. because if it wasn't for people like Henry and Coventry Homes, I think sometimes we wouldn't get in the amount of dollars that we do need in a year to keep the facility open and running, number one. I mean, it's a huge budget, right? So if it wasn't for people like Henry or, or you know, um, companies like Henry, we don't know what we do. I mean, we have our big ones. The gala is one of the biggest fundraisers that we have in the year. It makes, well, this year we're up to 700,000. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we're, we'll make another we're hundred. Looking, we're hoping that we can hit that hundred thousand this yeah. year if we can. Yeah. Right. And then Tough course, economic times to yeah, ask it is. for, but I know other charities that I've been involved with this year have done quite well. Yes. People in this city particularly dig yeah. down deep in the hardest of times. They do. And I think they know that we rely on people like you guys to help us out, right? We don't get any city support. We don't get any government support. So it's all our donors and supporters that keep us alive. And so we really appreciate it. Hey, how is everybody else getting their animals? Uh, because I, <laughs> <laughs> we've been getting ours from the Humane Society forever. For, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Most people do, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just such a nice way of doing it. And uh, you know, like you were saying, your children go over there. Yep. Once you get over there and you start you know, petting a few animals, it's difficult to leave without one. It's addicting. Well, it is, and not my, just because... My wife's been wanting to go over there. Yeah, no, discourage that. Stalling that for a little while. Oh, no, I would like to encourage that. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, and, and yeah. it's the facility itself. I mean, it's the animals, of course, because you go there and you pet that cat, and they do what I call my show... They do their showcase set. Uh, you know, they roll around and purr, or they, you know, rub against you, and you think, how can I leave without this guy? Yeah. Um, but it's also the facility sort of... I don't want to say sort of. It does encourage that. Because there's, there's, you're not looking at big rooms with hundreds of cages. You're looking yeah. at rooms that you can interact with the animal. I know that our For dog, sure. who's getting long in the tooth these days, I don't know how long we've had him, but we got him from the Humane Society, able to walk him around. Um, the family had an opportunity to get to know whether or not it was a good fit first. It wasn't just yeah. a... It, it's not like going to a store and saying, I'll take the one up there. It's You know, wonderful. the facility itself, when you walk into it, in the front door, and it's just so open. There's so much light coming in. And I know that was the problem with the old facility. Yes. They didn't have windows and, and all these so things. It was so small and cramped. And, yeah. yeah. And you just walk in there, and it just feels good. It feels like a great spring day because you got the light coming in. And mm -hmm. then it's very visible. The animals are very visible, and they're easy to kind of go down this lane and this is where the dogs are and this lane's mm -hmm. got the cats and yeah. you can see the cats in their little house it's well and, know, the st and the staff is so knowledgeable too that's the thing yeah. uh, they s I, I don't know how you do it <laughs> if you're not making it up then you, you know because you, you say well this is the the dog or cat's name or whatever animal you've got tons of animals but we there. give them names okay when they come in our, our adoption staff we name them okay because right? I've renamed everyone 
<laughs> just not at your facility, but as I've adopted them, we've that's renamed okay. them. That's okay. We know that's probably going to happen. <laughs> but you do, you know, the, yeah. the information's quite accurate, though, in terms of gets along with other animals, yes. would be good with children. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? How well, do you know that? When they come in, I mean, if it's an owner surrender, for instance, um, basically we will do an interview with the owner and we get to know about the animal and find out their history and age and, and their kind of characteristics and all that kind of stuff. So we basically do like an intake interview and we get all that information so that we can pass it along to whoever might adopt this animal and, and get them into their new forever home because it's something that you need to know to get to know the animal and make sure that you're going to love them and it's the right fit for your family. And the Edmonton Humane Society does not euthanize, correct? Nobody? No, we're a no-kill shelter. Nice. So um, we will make sure that we get them back to health and we have them as long as it takes to get them into a new home. All right, I have to take a break here and sell something. And when we come back, I want to talk specifically about why you got involved, Henry, how long you've been involved, and what this year's gala has in store for us. Welcome back to the program. We're uh, uh, talking with Karen Muir uh, from the Humane Society and uh, Henry Roger, CEO of uh, Coventry Homes, about the Paws and Claws Gala. By the way, I said it was March 12th. Is it March 12th? It is March 12th. Oh, here, i got to turn your mics on. Sorry, that was my fault. All right, good. So I got that one right. Uh, we'll tell people how they can get tickets, but first we need to tell them why they should get tickets. So, Henry, how did you get involved? Is Paws and Claws yours? Yeah, yes, Paws and Claws is ours. We, we started, uh, it goes back to 2005 with the old shelter right and uh really like in a nutshell what happened is as a company we wanted to get behind a cause and we looked at different causes there's a lot of great causes out there but there was one that seemed to be overlooked and that was the the animals and mm -hmm. the edmonton humane society and so you know we brought that up everybody thought well Actually, everybody always, like everyone has an animal, right? Mm -hmm. So there's an attachment there. Mm -hmm. And we thought, wow, this would be great, not only for the Edmonton Humane Society, but also for our company to bring people together. They've got their animals they can talk about and we can have this as our cause. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started in 2005. We found out about the new building that was uh, being planned at that time. We got yeah. behind the new building as the major corporate sponsor. They built the building and yeah. started in two, 2007, completed in 2009. Yeah. And during that time, we decided one of the best ways maybe to uh, do fundraising was to put together a gala. So we had our first gala. I would say probably in 2008, something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Seems It sounds funny yeah. to hear you say that, because anyone out there that's ever organized any kind of fundraiser whatsoever, to hear you say, well, you know, we thought we'd put together a gala. <laughs> yeah, just put it together. <laughs> yeah. Just snap your fingers well, and there it this, is. This is a massive night. I mean, I, oh, as I say, I've been to it. It is. It is. Yeah. It's but you huge. know, at the start, uh, you know, it's sometimes when you don't know how much work it is, you just get That's at it. That's true. And <laughs> so we did, and we found out it was a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun. And uh, our first, our first gala was was a real good success, but we've progressed in the years like the mm -hmm. galas that we're having now especially uh, uh you know having them at the northlands expo mm -hmm. uh, is it's such a great facility and we can bring the animals in there to mm -hmm. greet people as they're mm -hmm. coming in and so i think part the, the whole thing that that we look at for that particular night is not just the money it's the awareness that you get for the Edmonton yes. Humane Society it's yes. the it's the fun that you have when you yeah. come to this event it's not just about trying to get as much money out of everybody as you can mm -hmm. for this it's for them to come and actually enjoy themselves and have you know that yeah. that's why we got the greeters there yeah. and they're they're dogs and cats and yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, I think it's also the camaraderie of everybody coming together for this cause that they so believe in, right? Yeah. Everybody just has a wonderful time. Yeah. And it, it, it's it is fun. A, it, it's yeah. a lot of fun. I was just going to say, it's, and again, I said there's a half a dozen that stick out of my mind. This is one of them for that reason. That I know it does a lot of good. I know it raises a lot of money. And I know it's really popular. But above all else, it's really a fun evening. It is. I have to take one more break. When we come back, I'll tell you why it's a fun evening, who your entertainment is, and how you buy tickets. <laughs> ah, always a good time off here. All right, we've been talking to uh, Karen Muir from the Humane Society uh, and Henry Rogier from uh, uh, Coventry Homes. So, Henry, uh, tell us uh, who's at this year's gala. Okay, so this year we have Sass Jordan. Um, she's a Juno Award winner, and she has been around for a long time. We're really privileged to have her. Um, I think she's She's our Canadian rock queen, isn't mm-hmm. that what she's you called? Betcha. That's yeah, right. We can't wait. That's right. <laughs> so every year we have some really good entertainment and uh, so we're we're very proud to have Sash Sash with us. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. I read somewhere Graham Neal and uh, Donovan Donovan, Donovan. How did I not remember Donovan's yeah. name? Uh, Donovan Workin will host it again. They've uh, if they host it every year. Well, you know, they have uh, a, they've yeah, I think so. You know, at least Those guys six in a row me. or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's I like... The whole thing with those two is that they just work <laughs> with each other so yes, well. They do. And it makes for a fun evening. And it kind of fits in the way we want it to look, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's just it, Henry. And if I can speak on your behalf again, as I often do. Um, <laughs> no problem. This is what I like about the evening. And, and And trust me when I tell you that I go to a gazillion of these as an entertainer. And I have to... I shouldn't say it that way. I'm always privileged to have work. But you sit through so many long, drawn-out speeches, and and it it occurs to me that most people would buy a ticket to any function because they want to support the function. So they're already there. They're already on side. They're already prepared to give you money. Um, All they really want in exchange is a fun evening. And that's what Paws and Claws is. And it comes at you from all angles. So you mentioned, or one of you mentioned, as you walk in, you're greeted by, uh, you have greeters, but then there's animals there. Well, and then you can can have your picture taken with exactly. our VIP, you know, right. like if you remember Henry the Warrior Cat from last year, he's yeah. going to be there, so he's you can have yeah, you can well, have your picture taken with Henry, and it's just fun, fun. Yeah, fun. it's sort of like a, if I could, uh, meant respectfully, it's like a carnival atmosphere almost because things are going on in the room, but people are coming and going to see the pets, and they're going out to get the picture taken, yeah. and they're off to buy. I think last year it was stuffies, and, and one year it was dog bones, mm-hmm. where you could win a Something prize. Something different every year. Exactly. Yes. There's a live auction. There's a silent auction. Yeah. There's entertainment. Yeah. It's just a really fun evening. It's one of those ones where when it ends, you're kind of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the auction items that we have this year are just amazing. Oh, I mean, tell us love about of that. music, right, Henry? We, we, you know, we, uh, we've got a lot of sports memorabilia yes. that's always there, but yeah. we've got some great music stuff, uh, guitars, drum set, grand piano. Um, grand piano? We, we mm-hmm. had that last year. A grand over, piano? Yeah, grand yeah, piano. Yeah, it went over really well. Yeah. yeah. We, we're going to have our designer doghouse again. Yeah. That's, that's always Ooh. a favorite. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Now, that's actually built by Coventry Homes, right? Yes, we're, uh, well, y- y- some have been and some, <laughs> this year it, well, it's this by year us. Well, this year it is. This year it is. And so we've had other people build some also for us in the past, but this year we're doing it. So, yeah, I've. So it's it's really going to try to mimic one of our, our house elevations. Of so course. we'll see how that yeah. works. So. <laughs> 
Man, I, well, you can't wait to see that. And all that kind of stuff. You know, well, I, I can't speak to this one because I haven't seen it, but I've seen some of the ones in the past. Mm-hmm. You almost want to adopt a dog just to ha- have the need to buy this house. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's really cool. Absolutely. And it's better we, built than mine. Yeah. And we have our humane educator ambassadors, Fable and Nora. Fable is the dog. Oh, okay. So we may, Fable might want to just sort of what, occupy the house for the night just to make it look good. <laughs> I should probably add as well that if you're looking to schmooze a little bit, it's not a bad event for that. That because there's never been an evening uh, at the Paws and Claws where I haven't run into some pretty high-profile people. Yeah. Uh, Len Rhodes from uh, the Eskimos. He's often. there again this year? Yes, Good. He so, well, he's a huge supporter of yep. uh, yours, Karen, of the yes. Humane Society. He's... But she's, you meet politicians, there's... Yep. You know, the entertainer. We've got the Oilers there this year. Not the Oilers players, but we've got them as a group. We're going to auction off one of them, aren't we? Dinner with? One of the Oilers are going to get auctioned off? (laughs) I think that happened on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Uh, We've got Ryan Smith is going to be part of that. And and there's a dinner with Ryan Smith at Lux Steakhouse. And we've got some great stuff going on. Eric Clapton. Guitar, signed guitar. No yeah. way. Yeah. You know, that's one I'll be watching real closely. For sure. Yeah. We're almost out of time. I want to make sure that uh, we get to the call to action. So if people want tickets, and there's very few left right now, single tickets, $150, table of eight, $1,200, table of 10, $1,500. They email gala at coventry homes.ca.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. All right, gala at coventry homes.ca. Dot com. That's right. right. And uh, the good folks at Coventry Homes will get right back to you. Do you have a lot of tickets left? You know, we're, we're getting close to being sold out. Um, I, I, from what I understand, we have about maybe 30 to 40 tickets left. Uh, those generally go in the last week for yeah. sure. We've got people that, that Welcome always to want to pick that up. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, so <laughs> there's still an opportunity. I don't know how long it'll last. So you will, life, you will thank me uh, for telling you about this. It's a great night. I look forward to it every year. I missed last year. I'm going to miss this year, but I guarantee I'll be there next year. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for what you do at the Humane Society for your time today. And Henry, thank you for what you do for the oh, Humane Society. Well, th- th- thank you for having me on, Andrew. Always a pleasure.